I want to read as a call to worship Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. My pleasure to welcome you today to worship with us. This is a little bit of a different service that we are conducting today. We're calling it Prayer and Praise. We are glad that you are here. I, I cannot let this moment go by without saying we are pleased to have Arthur Dixon with us today again, but we are especially pleased to have Mary Ann Dixon with us today. We've been praying for you, and it was such a joy to see you come in this morning. And so we'll keep praying that God would heal you and that you would continue to be able to function well and come out to worship. As I said, today is a special Sunday. There'll be more singing, and there's going to be lots and lots and lots of prayer. And you say, you may ask yourself the question, why should we pray? Why should we spend so much time talking with God? He is on his throne. He knows the beginning from the end. Last week when we talked about AI, the scripture reading talked so much about how God knows everything. He is true intelligence. He's not artificial. He is real. So if God knows everything, and he is sovereign, and he controls everything, why should we pray? Why should we devote so much time and attention to this aspect of our Christian life? And I want to mention very briefly three reasons. Number one reason is, and this sounds like when I get frustrated with my children, because God said so. <laughs> because God asks us to pray. Now, if that were the only reason, that would be the only reason that we would need. But God has asked us to pray. Paul, in 1 Thessalonians 5, puts it this way. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Later, writing to the Philippians, he says it this way. Paul writes to them and says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why should we pray? Because God not only asks us, I think he commands us to pray. Secondly, we should be praying because prayer changes things. Now, I want to be very precise when I say this. Prayer does not change God. God is unchangeable. But prayer does change things. So God is sovereign. He is on his throne. And he has chosen in his infinite wisdom to use prayer to accomplish his sovereign purposes. How do I know this? Because in the book of James, and we could look at many passages, but in the book of James, chapter 5, when the church is struggling and people are sick and people have sins against each other, James writes this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So when we tune our hearts to God's will and we pray to him and we ask for what we need, God 
changes things. The last reason that I will mention why we should pray, and I could give you a hundred reasons, but the last one I will give you is because prayer increases our faith and brings us closer to God. When you pray, what you are doing is you are saying to God, I cannot fix it myself. I cannot fix it myself. I recognize my own helplessness, and I simultaneously am recognizing your power to do something, to fix things, to make things right. And then when God moves and when God acts and when things change, we recognize and we have tangible evidence that God loves us. And he cares for us. And like a good father, he gives good gifts to his children. In the parable of the unjust judge, where the lady keeps coming over and over and over asking the unjust judge, and he finally gives what she wants so that she'll just go away. And Jesus, at the end of that parable, says, God isn't like that. God is totally not like that. God doesn't answer our prayers because we bug him. God answers our prayers because he loves us. And so he concludes the parable this way. He says, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Prayer is vital. Prayer is vital for us as individuals. Prayer is vital for us as a church. And so we have dedicated this Sunday to be a prayer and praise Sunday. I have asked four individuals in our church to come and lead us in prayer. And the model that we are going to follow during this prayer time is called Acts. Um, not the book of Acts, but the letters A-C-T-S. We're going to have someone come and pray to the prayer of adoration. We're going to have someone come and pray the prayer of confession. We're going to have someone come and pray a prayer of thanksgiving. And then we're going to have someone pray a prayer of supplication. Interspersed amongst those prayers, we will sing songs of praise to God that fit with the prayer, either that we are about to pray or that we have just prayed. So I invite you today as we pray. This is not a spectator activity. This is full participation. As we sing, let us sing together. And as we pray, let us pray together for God's glory and for our good. Morning, Arendelle. My name is Blair Seckington, and I've been involved in a number of things over the years here, but now I'm basically involved. I co-lead with Arabindo Das, one of our growth groups. I help Cindy on Tuesday nights with our youth, and it's a lot of fun being there. I really love singing with the choir. I love being up here singing with you on Sunday mornings when we do that. And I love singing with all of these people upstairs when we're practicing because it's all about praising God and praising his son. And I really also love sharing communion as we're doing today with you because it's a time when we praise Jesus for what he did for us. It's a time when we remember him until he comes again. So those are, that's me. What I want to do today is, is talk about adoration or acclamation. Um, what I did want to say was it should be easy to do this because there are so many things that we should be praising God for in terms of who he is and what he's done. But it also makes it very hard to choose, frankly. I think I've changed this I don't know how many times over the last few days. But... 
what I want to do is, as Pastor David said, is it's not about me praying. It's about us praying. And so as I go into this prayer and commit it, I, I really encourage all of you individually to share with me your, silently your own thoughts, your own praise to God about who he is and what he's done. So let's go to prayer now. And Heavenly Father, we come humbly before you and offer up our praises and adoration of who you are. We sang that you should be a part of every moment of our lives, and so you should. We just ask that you would remind us every day of who you are and why we should be praising you and thanking you. In particular, your power and your skill gave each of us life physically. We wouldn't be here. None of us would be here if it wasn't for you. From the very before we were born, you knew us. And afterwards, you help us with so many things. You know every hair that's on our head. That's all of us, all six, eight billion people. You know everything about everyone. Your love, you gave us life eternal. You sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to this place where we We'd failed you, but yet you sent your son to come, to bear with us, to go to a cross, to be punished by sinners, to become sin for us, and ultimately you are our Savior and our Lord. And we just pray that we would remember that every day as well, that we serve a risen Savior one who loved us that much. We also know that you're the source of all our blessings now. It's too hard to count all the things that you've given us, but we do thank you for those things, and we know you are the source, because we thank you that you are a great comforter. Some of us go through difficult times. Some of us are going through difficult times. We thank you that you are aware of that. You feel for us. You know some of that suffering. Our Lord Savior died in a horrible way and knows about suffering. And he believes in encouraging us. We thank you for your wisdom and for your caring that you've provided oh, an indwelling Holy Spirit who shares with us, who cares for us, who guides us, and yet still gives us the freedom to follow him. And we just pray that you'd help us to remember your love for us and help us to follow the Holy Spirit's lead. You truly are the rock of peace. This world is filled with sin and evil, with pain and suffering and trouble. But we can turn to you as the source of truth, love, and understanding. You are truly a dependable God. You're always there. There are times when we may question you, but you are always there. You do the things that we ask, but you do them in a way that is best for us and best for others. And even sometimes when we don't acknowledge that, we know that you are a God who is doing what is right. Your compassion and faithfulness holds us safe even when we fail. I think each of us can know of so many times when we've let God down, and yet, he loves us every moment of every day, and he cares for us. Father, as we sang together, your love truly is our anchor in the storms of life. 
And our only hope is truly found in you alone. Father, thank you for being our Father. Thank you for bringing us in as an adopted child into your family. We thank you for your love, the Lord Jesus' sacrifice, and your care forever. And we do this in Jesus Christ's own perfect name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Michael Ricks. You see me up here fairly often. I'm on the Council of Elders here at this church. I'm also honored to be the facilitator for our English language learning program, working with a team of about 10 teachers and helpers. 
I also lead the Exploring Christianity program on Tuesday evenings these days, and the weekly uh, prayer meeting every Wednesday evening. And uh, I'll take that opportunity to invite you to come to our Wednesday evening prayer meeting, 7.30 to 8.30. You can come here in person or uh, gather with us online. Blair said that adoration was easy, and I think that's correct. I think this is the most difficult one. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, confession. I want to first share with you a verse from the Bible that I also shared last Wednesday evening at our prayer meeting, which made a strong impact on me and fits with the theme for the prayer that I will be leading. A prayer of confession, asking God for forgiveness. This is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. When Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Uh, when it says covered, it completely leprous. The word leprosy here means some kind of contagious skin disease. People with leprosy were considered contaminated, unclean. They couldn't be part of the community. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And this is what I love. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, the untouchable. He reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Let us pray. Father, we confess our need for cleansing. We are contaminated. You know, and we know, each one of us, the ways in which we have transgressed your law the things we have done that we should not have done, the things that we have failed to do that we ought to have done. You know what we have done and you know the attitudes in our hearts. You have taught us that it's not just the outward expression of sin, but the, that sin comes from inside, from in the heart. We confess that we are not clean. We confess we are contaminated. Father, hear each silent prayer from each individual in this room at this time. Father, we confess as well as a church that we do not always live up to what we ought to be as your people, as your witnesses in the world as those who should be characterized by love for each other and love for the outsider and love for the oppressed and love for you. We confess these things. But Lord, we are so glad that when we come to you and ask for forgiveness, we hear from you, I am willing, be clean. We thank you, God, 
for your forgiveness. We thank you that we can be completely clean because of what Jesus, you did on the cross for us. Our sins can be totally, completely, and utterly removed. How precious that is to know that we are pure, we are clean in your sight because of what you have done for us. We thank you for that cleansing. In Jesus' name, amen. Finnegan. I've been at this church for quite a few years, done a lot of things, especially with young kids earlier when I was younger. But right now I am involved with the prayer meeting on Wednesdays and also I lead a ladies Bible study every other Tuesday still online and I have a growth group that meets in my home Friday mornings. My section of Acts is going to be Thanksgiving. So we are going to give thanks to God for everything. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy towards us, for your compassion. We thank you, Lord, that you are omnipotent. You are all-powerful. There is nothing that you cannot do. We thank you for your omniscience, that you are all-knowing. There is nothing that escapes you. We thank you, Lord, also for your, omnip your omnipresence, that you are everywhere with us. Father, we want to thank you for the life you have given us. We want to thank you also for our salvation in Jesus Christ. 
We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, our many sins. We thank you also, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit that comes and lives with us, guides us, comforts us. We thank you, Father, for your word preserved over the centuries for us so that we can have its wisdom and direction and also the ability to know you as much as we can as we study. Father, we want to thank you for the beauty of your creation. We thank you also for the ability to enjoy it. You have given us sight and hearing, the ability to sense, touch. We thank you for your providence, for providing for us an abundance of food, for shelters, for the comforts of life that we enjoy in this country. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities you have given us, opportunities to pursue education, to pursue recreation, meaningful employment, health care. We thank you for the country that we live in, Lord, for the safety that we enjoy in this country and all the benefits of, of a country like ours. <clears throat> Especially, Lord, right now, we thank you for the peace that we enjoy. We're not living in a country wracked with war. Father, we want to thank you for your love towards us. We thank you for the love that we enjoy in our families and in, with our friends. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the fellowship that we enjoy here, the opportunity to worship you and the spiritual support that we have among the people who attend this church. And lastly, Father, we want to thank you for the many promises you have given us. We thank you for the promise of peace and joy as we live with you eternally in heaven. We want to thank you for our glorified bodies, which, which will no longer experience suffering and pain. We thank you, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, a special promise in these difficult times. We thank you that you have promised to complete the work that you have started with us. We thank you, Lord, that you deliver us from evil and from temptation, and you have promised to make us like the Lord Jesus Christ. For all these things, Lord, we give you heartfelt thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning. Thank you, choir. That was a beautiful song. Really beautiful. I need a little adjustment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My name is Terry Westrope. I'm sure many of you know me. We've been, Bob and I have been here for many, many years. Uh, I've been involved in many, many things. I was the children's ministry director for a number of years. I ran day camp. I was big mama. Um, currently, I am part of the ELL teaching on Tuesday mornings. I'm part of the leadership team for the neighborhood food pantry. And I'm a kid's own volunteer in the nursery. I will be leading prayers of supplication. Supplication, or petition, is bringing our requests for the needs of others and ourselves to God. So it's a big word, but it's really a very simple meaning behind it. So let's pray together. Dear Lord, I pray for Arendelle Bible Chapel. I ask that you reveal yourself to us. You are a good, good Father, and we love and trust in you. We pray for your protection and compassion over the people and ministries of EBC. We pray for health and healing for those among us who are not well physically. We pray you would draw close to those who are struggling with mental health issues. We pray for the church family, that each one of us would be generous, that we would give freely of our time, our gifts, and our financial support. We pray for EBC Ministries, for the Monday afternoon games time, that many would come. We pray for people who are lonely and not connected, that this would be an opportunity to come and make friends. I pray for the ELL ministry, for the many volunteers and the students from around the world, that friendships would be made, English would be learned, and the love of Christ would be shown. We pray for the neighborhood food pantry, for the people in the community who need food and are struggling. Show us how best to love and serve our community. We pray for the volunteers who are so faithful. Remind us weekly that people need to be shown kindness and love. Thank you for the food donations from the EBC family. We are all in this ministry together. We pray for Super Tuesday. We pray for the Children and Kids Club, the youth and youth group, and the adults in the Exploring Christianity study. We pray for the many, many leaders and the helpers, that you would strengthen them and encourage them as they serve each week. Help us to re represent you through our love and care to all we minister to. Give us wisdom and guide us in the things, in all things. Make us a beacon of light in our neighborhood. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Why should we pray? Because God asks us to. God commands us to. Because God changes things when we pray. And because prayer strengthens our faith and draws us closer to him. We've set aside this Sunday morning to emphasize prayer. And we pick this Sunday not at random, but specifically because five weeks from today is Resurrection Sunday. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, I don't know, um, in the spring and the fall, we like to have a five-week prayer focus. And so in my hand, I have 
the first week's prayer calendar for this week, starting tomorrow and every day, we would encourage you. These are available out at the Connection Center after the service. It's a little document. Um, if you're receiving the newsletter via email online, um, it will be emailed to you tomorrow as well. But if you want a paper copy to keep with you, they'll be out available to you in, at the Connection Center today. And again, why are we doing this? Sunday morning, we pray. Wednesday evening, we pray. But we also want us as a church to be praying each and every day. So during these five weeks, we're starting small and getting bigger. So this week, the prayer focus is on our loved ones, those that are closest to us. Next week, we're going to be praying for our church. Week three, we are going to be praying for our city. Week four, we are going to be praying for the world. And the last week, leading into Resurrection Sunday, we are going to be praying for God's kingdom. So I would encourage you each and every week to pick up this prayer calendar. There's some uh, a verse and some instructions about what to be praying for. And this is a time where we as a church can draw closer to God and see him change things. In a moment, we're going to share in a communion time. Michael Ricks is going to lead us. But we've shared in prayer. You've prayed silently. But I'd like us all to stand now if you are able, and together, Jesus has commanded us to pray, and he has taught us to pray. So today, I would like us, as a church, to pray the Lord's Prayer as he gave to his disciples in the book of Matthew. So let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. If you don't uh, have the, uh, the cup and wafer, um, if you are going to be participating with us in communion, you can, you can get that now. This morning, we are celebrating communion. We do this because Jesus asked his followers to do this. You're not required to take part in this if you do not wish to or if you do not understand what it means. But for those of us who know and love Jesus, we look forward to doing this. It has a special significance for us as we follow Jesus' request that we do this in order to remember him and what he did for us. Let me read from one of four passages from the Bible where we read about this. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell this story. But in his first letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says it this way. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death 
until he comes. I would like this morning to link these thoughts with the verses that I read earlier from Luke's gospel, gospel about Jesus touching the man, healing the man with the contagious skin disease, leprosy. Early in his gospel, Luke makes it clear that Jesus came to be a rescuer, a deliverer, a savior, and that this was good news to the poor, the oppressed, and the captive. In Luke 4, as he starts his ministry, Jesus is in the synagogue of his hometown of Nazareth. He reads this passage from Isaiah to the people who are gathered there. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus said to the people after he read that, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We read that Jesus taught, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, and that he did so with authority. The authority was shown not just in convincing speech, but also in a demonstration of power through acts of healing and other miracles. And so we see him doing miracles like healing the man with leprosy. But it became very clear from Jesus that he came to do much more than teach people and heal diseases and perform other miracles. He began telling his closest followers that he came to be killed and then to be raised back to life again. It became clear that Jesus was going to save his people from much more than skin diseases. The good news was that he was going to save people from sin and from the consequences of sin, from death and separation from God. So in the Gospels, it is just before he is about to be betrayed and then be killed that he meets with his followers and they share this meal together. It's in that context that he tells them that the bread that they share should remind them in the future that his body was going to be broken. The cup of wine that they shared was going to remind them of his blood that was going to be poured out. These would be reminders to them of what he was doing and the new covenant, the new agreement, and the new status that they would have because of Jesus' death and resurrection. After Jesus and his disciples had shared this meal, they went out. And here is what it says in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven earnestly appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his, his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Father, if you are willing. The leprous man said to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus is telling the Father, and it's recorded for us, so he wants us to hear it too, that he is willing to do what is needed. What is needed for us. The man with the contagious skin disease, the untouchable, asked Jesus 
Jesus if he was willing to heal him. Jesus touched him, and Jesus said, I am willing, be clean. In the Olive Garden, just before he takes on our sin, our contamination, Jesus declares again that he is willing. As hard as it was going to be for him to suffer and die for us, and to take on himself, pure and sinless as he was, all the contamination and sin and the death that we deserved. So this is what we remember this morning. Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross for us. His body was broken. His blood was poured out for our sakes so that we would be made clean, to purify us, to cleanse us, to heal us, to liberate us. Let us remember this today as he asked us to. So we're going to take the, the bread first, the wafer. And we'll all participate together. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the plan of salvation. We look at the expanse of history, universal history, as shown in your word from creation all the way to new creation. And in the center, we see our redemption. We see the center of history as this that we remember this morning, that you sent your son to die in our place, to take our sins, that we would be redeemed and restored and set free to live with you, to have fellowship with you. We acknowledge this morning the cost of our salvation, that Jesus' body was broken for us, we remember him this morning as we partake of this bread, as he asked us to. Help us to see you, to know you, to experience you as we participate this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat together. Let's give thanks for the cup. In our hands, Lord, we hold a symbol of the cost of our salvation, that blood was shed for us, that there was a death. The Son of God died in our place. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge the, the cost. We recognize that this was a cup of suffering, but to us it is a cup of blessing, that we have the joy of a restored relationship with you. We have the joy of being one with you, being united with you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself for us. We remember your death this morning together. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to remember. Thank you for enabling us to remember. Help us, Lord, never to forget the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.